You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Welcome to Give First, an entrepreneurial community. I am Ben Wolf. Uh, today we're going to learn from our guest about what's involved in building a mission driven culture among your team. He's also a Gallup certified strengths coach, so we'll learn what that learning and training has done for him in his own life and how he uses a strength based approach uh, in his business as well. Uh, in this, in, in the first episode, I said I would get back to my own personal background a little bit. So in brief, my story is that after being a corporate restructuring, a bankruptcy attorney in a midtown Manhattan law firm for five years, uh, I joined a health, uh, a tech driven healthcare startup in the home care space pre-launch, uh, built up most of its operational divisions and internally oversaw its implementation of a set of tools and practices called the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS to give us traction to achieve our goals. Uh, after three years, we grew from just an idea to the largest and fastest growing patient-directed home care agency in New York uh, with in-person coverage throughout all 62 counties of the state. Uh, now, as the founder of Wolf's Edge Consulting and a fractional COO, uh, which is called a fractional integrator in EOS terminology, uh, I help clients learn and implement those same tools that I used so they could stop feeling like they're treading water in their businesses and go back to uh, doing what it is they love in, at work and what they love in their business. Um, and also is another word about uh, the name of this podcast, Give First, an entrepreneurial community. Uh, so the inspiration for that is one of the core values of EOS, which is help first. Uh, that basically means an intrinsic belief that we'd rather give back to other people without first trying to make a sale or get anything in return. Um, and because of that, that's why uh, the idea is that we have guests who have learned something in their own businesses and they're successful and they could share with other people something that they learned uh, that they could use uh, right away. And uh, so that's what we focus on in the conversations. So without further ado, I do want to introduce, uh, introduce our, our guest today. Uh, he has a background in uh, owning businesses in the call center, wireless data, and communications industries. Uh, he's a real estate investor. Uh, he's also a Gallup certified strengths coach. Uh, in that in that role, he's coached hundreds of people. Uh, he helps uh, people unlock unlock their greatness and live a life of positivity and fulfillment. Uh, he's uh, also working on developing immersive environments to teach these strengths finder skills to people. Um, also, he's heavily involved in an organization in, in his local community dedicated to supporting at-risk youth. Now, uh, as his day job, uh, he's the CEO of the Schma Camps organization. Uh, he, he creates uh, sleepaway camp programming for thousands of boys and girls every summer on uh, in multiple camps on two different campuses uh, covering hundreds of acres in upstate New York. Uh, the name of that website there, if you want to learn more about that, is schmacamps.org. That's S-H-M-A camps.org. Uh, and without further ado, here is Dove Perkel. Welcome, Dove. Thanks, Ben. That was an awesome intro. And, uh, and it seems our missions are very much aligned. I, uh, I love the fact that the way you talk about it, it's about giving, and that's where it all starts. And it's so true, because um, to get something, you have to put something into some, you have to put something in before you can get something out. Um, and without putting something in, there's nothing, nothing to get out. So it all begins with with giving. Right. And I love. I think, that and you have, and you have a fa and you have a favorite verse in uh, you have a favorite verse in. Uh, what is it, Ecclesiastes? No, it's in Proverbs. You have a favorite verse that uh, to that effect, like you spread your spread your bread out among the waters, and it ultimately will come back to you. Absolutely. Something on that theme. 
So, uh, so yeah, so, so let's get right to it. I mean, first of all, you know, uh, I'm here with Dove, sitting here with Dove in person and, uh, we are, we are neighbors and are friends for many years, 13 or 14 years now, uh, living in the same, uh, living in the same community. So that's, that's how I've, I was able to be privileged to, uh, to meet Dove. Um, but so yeah, let's just get, get right into it with what, uh, with what we promised. Uh, so you've been the CEO and executive director of the Schma camps. Uh, the series of camps, the two campuses for eight years. So, tell me about the about the mission of your work there. What's a, what's your mission at the camps? Well, um, so the mission is driven by the fact that we really do believe that every person has the resources to succeed, and they can succeed. Uh, it's up to people to help unearth that within the person and the way we do that is we look for what's right with people our focus is purely what's right which is a very different type of approach from the rest of the world management by nature um, is kind of defined by looking at people and trying to keep them in line try to keep them doing what we want them to be doing it's very top-down it's, that's correct, and school. I mean, is it, all, really, is it also more deficiency focused? Being let's let's see where your correct, deficiencies are and help you develop in those areas. Correct, which is what which is school, because in school there's a curriculum and they're what they're looking for in school is create well-rounded individuals. Well-rounded individuals means a master at none. It doesn't allow for mastery. Every time we see in our lives that there's so many different depictions, whether they're athletes or artists or um, just people who just stand out, I guess, in the world, it's because someone saw something within that person and helped them focus on that talent within them and just kept working and working at that specific talent, not necessarily paying attention to the fact that that kid wasn't good in, in, in math, so to speak. Because mm -hmm. you could give them a calculator and they could, you right, know, and get by, and and they could get by, but yet that kid who scooped up the ball and threw it across to the first baseman, they somebody said, "Wow, that kid's got talent," and if they just focused on that kid throwing that ball to the first baseman, well, you now have a major league shortstop potential. So. Right. So okay. So so you're okay. So the focus the focus with the kids that you're working with with these thousands of kids is uh, is is, uh, is is learning how to find out what's right with them and help them develop their and help them develop and help them develop that and you know to whatever their unique point is in life or whatever where it is whatever their direction is in life to help them find that through what's right with them correct okay so that's the mission that's kind of like i guess what this the setup like you know was like kind of a setup question which is to 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 the next thing that i want to find out about because you know i think something that anybody that has employees right Every business has a culture, right? Whatever your business is, there's a culture. Doesn't mean it's a good culture, or it could be a toxic culture, or it could be a kind of mixed good and bad, whatever, you know, but it has some culture, and there's no business that doesn't have one. Okay. Um, so uh, if you just let your company's culture and your employees give across to your customers, your clients, your buyers, whatever kind of business you have, then, uh, then, that something's going to come across, you know, and if you want to, and if you want your values and your priorities to come across in, uh, you know, in your, 
uh, in your mission to come across with with your clientele, whatever kind of clientele that is, then you need some system because otherwise it could be anything having nothing to do with what you actually want, you know, reflected in your in your values. So I guess what I'm wondering is you presumably with thousands of kids every summer at two camps over hundreds and hundreds of acres, you have hundreds and hundreds of staff. Is there over a thousand staff or it's, it's in the hundreds? It's about 900 staff. Oh my gosh. So you have 900 human beings. You have 900 employees Correct. in the summer that are with these kids that you're, that are in your charge and that you want them, you know, they're the ones that are delivering your mission, not you. Cause you're only one person in the office or talking to people once in a while. You can give big pep rallies, you know, maybe here and there, but like they're the ones that are actually having the contact and, and carrying out your mission, hopefully, or carrying out some mission, whether it's yours or not. So how do you, what, what tell me about that. Tell everybody out, everybody who's listening about that. How do you create where you have 900 staff members spread out over hundreds of acres with thousands of kids? How do you create that, that they're actually carrying out that mission of seeing the good, of finding the positive points in the kids and helping develop those so they could find, so that those thousands of kids can help move a little bit towards their purpose in life, what, you know, whatever that is. How do you, how do you, how do you do that? Does it happen by accident? Just by you believing it? Like, what do you do? So you use some magical words, uh, that I picked up, um, when you were asking me that, uh, pretty large question, cause it's a large question and something we could speak about for hours, but to really get it down to some quick points that people can begin to think about and figure out a way to express in their business or in their lives. Um, one of the first words that you mentioned was your mission. And if it's your mission, you're going to have a very difficult time getting other people to accept your mission. Uh -huh. So one of the first things to think about is making sure that you involve your team, your leadership in developing that mission. Because as you said so poignantly, Ben, is that every organization has a culture. And what I think is really important is that people start getting intentional about that and thinking about what, what is it that we're really doing? Not, not actually, it's actually not what or how we're doing it. It's not what or how, it's why we do what we do. So I actually told you the first part of our mission, which was the why. Why we, why we do what we do our mission is to create these incredible immersive environments that can be life-changing for our staff and our campers. So if you notice, first I emphasize staff mm -hmm. and then our campers. Okay. The emphasis being on staff is the responsibility of the CEO of the organization. My responsibility is to the staff and to support the staff and nurture the staff and develop the staff to make sure that they can be the people that they were created to be, to mm -hmm. unearth that, to, to find that. So to do the same thing, essentially doing the same thing with them that you want them to be doing with the campers. Precisely. Because it's something that has to, they, if they themselves don't experience that, then they cannot give it. One of the unique things in our environment is that most of our staff, I would say about 90% plus, 90 plus percent, are homegrown within our environment, which is kind of unique in the camp. Now, when you industry. say homegrown, you mean that they attended this camp as kids. That's correct. And they were the recipients 
of this type of nurturing, this type of. How long has this camp? How long has this camp? I know you've been in it for eight years, but how long has this camp been around? So, so this is our this is my ninth season. However, the camps have been around for over fifty years. Fifty so, years. Correct. Okay. It's, I think it's uh, going on. It's nearing its fifty-fifth year. So there could there could there could be there could be kids in the camp now who have grandparents who went to this camp. Um, great grandparents. Great grandparents. Wow. Yes, yes, Ben. If I could be a grandparent today, which <laughs> I am, <laughs> then that's yes, a scary then, thought. Then great grandparents, absolutely. There, there are great grandchildren of you know, and all recipients of something that was there. And in fact, I love the fact that you pointed that out, Ben, because you see, one of the questions you asked me was about my mission. Right. And now you can see if this, if these camps were around. So you're saying there's a mission that predated your coming into the camp. That's correct. And the leader, the leader, Rabbi Ronnie Greenwald, who um, who was a level blessed five, memory. Uh, that's correct. He was a level five, he was a level five leader, who was literally greater than life. It was incredible to be in his midst and to be mentored by him. Um, the first and foremost, he believed he believed in us, and it's something that we knew. And he definitely had this unique approach and outlook to life, which um, which was to care for every individual. And that care for every individual is something that is part of our culture about making sure that every child feels loved, making sure that every child feels accepted, and making sure every child recognizes to work with others and recognize that every child has strengths and recognizes that the greatest thing that you can teach a child to do is take all that that we just spoke about and learn how to give it back mm -hmm. and and take that and give to others when you incorporate all that you've all the intake and then you learn to push it back out to others then what you've created or what you've perpetuated in this in this respect is the potential for greatness and that's what we're looking for we're looking for, to unearth greatness in other words good is not enough we're looking for great so the first thing that you the first thing that you mentioned to answer the question was that you involve uh, the staff and the leadership and the, the team and the staff in the in the development of the mission. So what's the next step after that? Meaning, how do you how do you carry that down to all the front line? You mentioned nine hundred staff. How do you how do you carry that down to everybody? How does that? What system? Like just in brief, what system do you use to like? What are the systems or the tools or whatever it is that you use to bring that down to everybody? So that's an excellent question. So as I started by saying that the the intentional involvement of the leadership staff to develop their own mission statement and to intentionally look and define their own set of core values that is something that is universally felt and carried out by everyone in our organization. In other words, these were values that everybody in the organization felt were a part of our okay, so it's not that it's not that everybody has an individual set of core values that they're carrying out in their work is that everybody worked together to come out with a shared set of core values correct and it was that kind of journey that i just spoke about about love acceptance um recognizing that i have strengths um learning to work with others and then paying it forward and and giving to others that part that mission that mission that we drive into our programming is focused by 
developing our staff and nurturing our staff. Okay, so that tell means, me, tell me about that. What, what, what are the systems, the tools, the programs, the events? I don't know. What is so? How do you do that? So, so um, we probably have a more difficult time than most people because simply because in most businesses, you're together. Um, right. You know, for. Right, the, the, right. This staff, you're physically with them only two months a year. That's absolutely correct. And to to create that that bond, to create the engagement, the high level engagement, which is of critical importance, that you're constantly engaging your staff, to the point where what you're looking for as a leader is you want you want to flip that, where it's you that starts, you're constantly engaging them, but what you're looking for to create is the paradigm shift where your staff is engaging you, and you're working for them. That's really what you want to do is you want to work for your staff and let your staff define where they Simon Sinek actually posted a few couple of days ago an article about being a, about being a servant leader on the uh, I think it was from the Harvard Business Review. It might it might have actually been a, he was reposting an article that, that that was from 2018, but he just reposted it on LinkedIn recently also just about being a servant leader and with a, a lot of that same a lot of those that same thought. Yes, I I believe in it sincerely. I believe the role and responsibility of a CEO is to take care of your staff, to provide them with all the resources and tools. So what are you doing? I mean, so again, you, 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 like you mentioned, you have an extra challenge, right? So if you could do it in two months, then how much the more so somebody out there who's in this community of entrepreneurs who's listening could, you know, hopefully do it with, you know, with people that they're with all year. So how, so t what are you doing? How, how are you doing that? So one, one of the things um, that we've worked with, and we, we're, we, we tend to be, I tend to be very careful with technology, but right now, you, you know, when you're not in the same place, if you're not in that workspace together, you do have to rely on technology. Um, one of those tools that we use is creating WhatsApp groups, um, intentionally naming them leadership teams, so people like Every time they're looking at some at their what they're looking at their WhatsApp, they're reminded, oh, I'm part of a leadership team, and a specific type. Of team. Is this for the entire staff or just yeah, the uh, so leadership I, staff? So, so there's, so there's the top leadership staff, and then I, I'll touch upon this now is the development of that middle tier, to move that middle tier, and because that's your future, your future is that middle tier staff, that middle management, which you constantly have to be engaging as well. And to move the and to and to create that environment for them just as much as you have to create it for the top. Um, so it's something that I'm extremely intentional about, and use these different types of groups. We're engaging people um, with a mix of voice notes, with a mix of text messaging, um, but but to, the the mode is to highly engage. And where where I use a tool where I'm using technology is. To engage them with first focusing, the first focus is how do I help make that person's life better, having nothing to do with the business, really just helping them understand themselves. Um, so we use, you mentioned that I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach, and one of the intentional reasons why I became a strengths coach is not because I wanted to coach the world, but really for my own organization to really unearth their strengths. Rabbi Greenwald, um, a blessed memory was a person who was naturally a strength finder. He was able to look at a person and see their greatness. Um, myself, I need assessments like the Gallup Strengths Finder Assessment, which is an assessment that I've been working with for over five years now. Scientific based. And it's scientific, right, and data based, and, and it is scientific based. So, um, and the, and the, 
and those have been tested. There have been over 20 million people that have taken this assessment. That's a lot. Um, and used by world-leading organizations that are recognizing the importance that their companies are not necessarily a technology company or not necessarily a great service company or not necessarily a great product company, but the way they're going to transcend and the way they're going to grow is by focusing on the fact that they are a people-based company. Mm -hmm. And it's that mission, that's my mission. My mission is to, is to make sure that everybody recognizes that yes, we deliver an incredible, invaluable service for children, but we are a people organization. And as much as I'm interested in bringing in new techno new, new, you know, new fun stuff and new activities, and I don't even like calling them activities, I like calling them experiences, mm -hmm. my most important thing to me is the development of people and the development of my staff so subsequently they can develop so in addition to through the WhatsApp group and the voice notes where you're using the StrengthsFinder, uh, you know, method, you know, methodology or teachings and I'm sure a lot, a lot of other self-development and, and, and inspirational things. What else what else are you doing? So we 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 have a leadership summit, which um, we leverage. Um, we go to this leadership summit. I take 32 staff members away. Um, we combine that with the American Camp Association Conference, which is held in Atlantic City. And, and what time of year is that? How many days? Yeah, so sure, that's held in March. Okay. Um, and okay, so this is not adjacent with camp. This is a couple months before, three, three, two or three months before that's Atlantic City for how long? So we go for four days. And how uh, much of that is the conference? Um, so the, the, the majority of the day is focused on the conference. Um, and what my staff has all realized is that I don't tell them where to go. I let them go where they're drawn. And they always ask me, where should I go? Where should I go? What sessions should I attend? Um, and I and again, this is, this is your middle-level middle staff and, mid, your, and your upper management? Mid and upper, correct. Okay. Yes. Um, it started with upper, and, and then we- you expanded it to even, even broader. That's correct. So we have, you know, 20-year-old, you know, which our middle tier is like 20-year-olds, um, you know, right out of college or, you know, that age. Um, young that's pretty young, yeah. all right. So that's a, that's a lot of leadership benefit to people at, at only 20, 21 years old. That's very young. Absolutely. In fact, next week I have a 21-year-old who's really interested in the world of HR, um, who's took who met somebody at the American Camp Association who was intrigued by his title, which was um, employee developer, uh, employment de uh, employment developer. I don't remember the exact title, but it was something okay. of that nature. Um, and, and he told me he wants to go into human, he wants to l learn a, a lot more about HR. Right. So I'm sending him to the Gallup, um, summit in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh -huh. So, which is world, world, the world of the creme de la creme of the HR industry, mm -hmm. the world of positive psychology, the mm -hmm. world professional of development. professional development, self-help, coaching, um, this is their leadership summit, mm -hmm. and and I was supposed well, that's to. That's great. So you're you're really enriching that that kid almost. I mean, the 21 year old. I mean, absolutely. And uh, I shouldn't say that. It could be entrepreneurs out there that are like 21 and they've been in business for four years already. But uh, but that's amazing. Tell me tell me another story. Tell me another story about de developing people, developing staff, developing culture. Sure. Um, so. And come back to it if you want. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, the, I have so many, you know, 
about developing leadership and developing culture. I'll give you a great example. I remember years ago when we um, started using, um, we, we used to hire, we used to outsource and hire video companies to come in and, and video mm -hmm. camp and create these professional made videos. Right. And you know, they were nice um, and they were good. And someone gave me this idea that um, of a different way to, to capture content and then really understanding the nature of content and artistry, which artistry really comes from the, you know, an artist when, when, when you look at a picture, when you look at a picture, somebody took a picture with a, with a camera. Some, sometimes you look at a picture and you could feel the artist. Mm -hmm. if, if you take the time to stare at a picture and really, you know, Intake. Not the subject of the picture, but the artist. The artist, correct. You can feel the artist's soul. In other words, you can feel like this person sat there and waited and waited and waited to capture that picture. And he may have taken like 70 or 80 shots. But there's one that he picked that said, this is the message I'm trying to get across. So something happened to me about five or six years ago where I realized, you know what? I want to give the best photography equipment, the best video equipment to these kids and let them capture it because the kids, mm -hmm. who else can capture kids but a kid? Mm -hmm. You know, a young kid, you know, just a little bit older. So I have, let's, you know, let's say a, a camper is 16. Why not let's put it into the hands of a 17 or an 18-year-old mm -hmm. and let them, let them capture it. And it literally transformed all of our videography. Mm -hmm. In other words, that the the soul of everything that people were looking at was these kids. And I taught. And the one thing I told them, I said, you know, look, I could show you all the moves to do. I can show you. Um, we can hire, and we do. We hire professionals. We hire professional editors and professional photographers to come down and train our staff. And we gave them as expensive as equipment could be. Um, I took out insurance on all of them, and I said, guys, okay. girls rather, in this case, I said, girls, the only thing, if you break one of these, you know, you can't be afraid to drop a camera, you know, that, you know, be careful, but if you drop the camera, just come and tell me because I took out insurance on it, because I want you to feel comfortable enough to express yourself and do things and stretch your imagination to create and let, let, think about the people seeing your vision and the way to do that is to put your heart into it All right so you're taking you're taking kids that are that are interested in i don't know whether it's art or video or whatever you take kids with that with that strength and that uh that passion or interest and help and giving them the tools to develop that from within themselves absolutely and and the byproduct of that was greatness what they created what they did you can literally see it it transformed their videos from this soulless video just saying, hi, you know, I like camp or, of, to this new vision of the life of a child and the expression of happiness. Their expression of happiness, which is captured by these kids in a way that, that no professional, you know, videographer that is not part of our culture. Right potentially capture right, no matter how great no matter how great like they could be great and you know could look really really good but the lasting impression i think that's a, a great way of saying it ben mm -hmm. is that the lasting impression that 
that a, a viewer that just saw that video sees is it looked awesome and they feel it. It's something that resonates with them and stays with them beyond the 40 seconds or the minute and a half or the five minute video that they just watched. They walk out and they're like, wow. And they can re reflect upon that feeling of joy and happiness and love and all those great things that you feel in our camp environment right. that no one else could capture but those kids. And that, you know, those kids have gone on to to other camps and 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 run those departments in other mm -hmm. camps and really um they, be, they some of them become photographers some of them become editors some of them you know right. but they just learn something new about themselves and 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 they're empowered and they're strengthened by it and the level of confidence that they gain in fact this past year mm -hmm. um, a group came in and shot a professional video that has over a million and a half hits on on youtube wow um and um, and the two girls in the video team, we actually, um, they had asked, you know, for some extra help. They needed some extra help on 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 some of the sets, and you know, we we uh, we asked for these girls to join them. They happened to have been trained by that same crew, mm -hmm. so they 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 knew them and they knew that they were capable. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now 1.5 million people have seen their names up in lights right. on this video because that's gotta feel great for them. Right. The editors called me up and said, could you give me the names of the girls that you sent to mm. do this? Well, work they want to like hire them for other things. And well, <laughs> they were they were certainly very helpful. Right. And, you know, what an incredible experience for them. And, you know, yeah, that's that's growth. That's uh, that's really believing in people. And that's really how you can unlock greatness within people. That's an awesome story. So, so let me ask you this. Now, you, you're you doing the Strengths Finder, uh, you know, training for yourself and you're coaching other people you're working on you're working on immersive programs in this you know in the strengths finder program for, to, to broaden broaden people's access to that uh, I mentioned earlier how you're involved in this local organization that's really helping kids with uh, you know who are at risk and they you know I'd like to hear something about that uh, I mean that's a lot of other stuff besides running an entire giant organization so is what I want to ask and what I think everyone will get a lot of value from really understanding is how how do you go about taking your your business, which is a, you know, a giant business, and do you go from taking that to basically being an overgrown job that takes all your time working 80, 90, 100 hours a week to something where 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 you could just work on the business? You have people you could trust doing more of the day to day and giving yourself the freedom to pursue those other interests, those other missions, or those, those other passions that are important to you. How do you go about how do you go about making that transition so that you're not just in an overgrown job, but you can like let go and explore more of what uh, of, of what gives you a feeling of life in life? So first, I just want to make one comment, Ben, and I'll come back to your specific question, okay. is that I don't believe any of the work that I'm doing with all these other organizations um, is is not my work that that that's my work that's, mm -hmm. that's okay my, that's my work in my life i really i think of like a day job and yeah but okay yeah all these yeah, things that you talk about that's your great, vocation yeah the, you know to working with other nonprofits and to working with individuals and working with people it, that that's that's my that's my responsibility is that's what i believe that's mm -hmm. my you know my talent it's helping take care i love taking care of people mm -hmm. i love helping people i love helping them unlock 
those secret gifts. Like so, people did that for me, and it's something that I value in my life. And now that's something that I want to give back to people. People believed in me, um, and that's I know that one of the most important things is to, is to believe in other people, which which blends itself into the answer that you you know to your question, which was how do you develop a or, or what is it that you have to do to develop a place where you know you you ha you can be in your business and be on your business and and put the right people in place right. to to do what they need to do. So one of the hardest things as um, one of my one of my one of the things that I love doing the most is doing. I love doing. Right. Um, so in the world of Gallup, I'm known as an executor. I like getting things done. Mm -hmm. I, I find joy and pleasure in doing. And um, so, you know, somebody who enjoys doing, um, the act of doing is is where they're going to derive pleasure and happiness. So bring it on. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for something exciting. We're looking for a project. That's our, that's where we draw our strength from. But in your own business, you know, this is a, a part of a long process, but it's empowering people with tools and resources and helping people understand that they have to be interdependent. Each individual person is an interdependent being. In other words, that they, be ha they have to be self-sustaining. They have to be able to manage on their own. So it comes of years and years and years of letting go, which means that even though I can do it and possibly I can do it better than they can, mm -hmm. stick your hands in your pocket, dope for Cal, and okay. let somebody else do it because that is the greatest gift that you can give to somebody is letting somebody else do it because people... Is that a challenge for you because of the, your executor type of uh, nature? Absolutely, 100%. It is so challenging for me. I, and I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that, right? Because letting go of the vine is one expression or just like letting, <laughs> letting, <laughs> letting go, sorry, letting go of the vine is one expression. The, uh, <laughs> all right, we're, we're going to cut this out for a second. Hold on. <laughs> That's not going to work. We're going to edit that part out. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry about that. Oh, okay, apologize. So, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, so just saying that there's, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are, uh, that are, you know, that are going to, that are going to relate to that. They have a hard time letting go of the vine. They know they could do it. They know where they feel that they could do it the best, and, and, and they have a hard time letting go and putting their hands in their pockets, like you said. So, uh, yeah, so, so, so how do you do that? How, did you, how do you let go? So uh, I happen to have met some people in my life. Um, one of them is uh, Rabbi Yoni Fisher. Okay. Um, who is one of his top five is, uh, in the world of Gallup is called Includer. And I watched him in his inclusive nature, um, empower others and get, and I watched the transaction of how he would involve others. And what I saw was that the others loved doing and loved accomplishing. 
and he had this. So did you learn? You learn from what he did to do that for yourself, and how to how to include others and and let, and be able to let go. Absolutely. I, I what's one? What's what's like one tool that that you use, or maybe you learn from Yoni how to how to include and how to let go. So I think I what I did, worked on was my empathy. And it might sound a little interesting, but my empath because I have a pretty high level of empathy for people, if I truly had empathy for, for people and I truly believed in them, then the best thing I could do is actually not fix their problem. When they would come to me with problems, I, you know, I, I, I by nature, am a fixer. I love fixing things. I find solutions. I can find a solution to just about anything. I really do believe that. I, I don't believe that if I set my mind to something, I could overcome anything. There's, the, the mind is incredible. And if you just work it, if you, if you believe that, then there's no end to what you could accomplish. And I really do. I, I've been. I think I, heard that, I, think, I think I heard about this book called like the, the, like the Monkey and the One Minute Manager or something like that. Talking about how like everybody comes to everybody comes to the manager with like this monkey on their back, like this problem is driving them crazy. And he's like the one minute manager. You come in and just like, what do I do? And, you know, and then he just kind of like unloads his, your monkey onto you and you have to give the solution and you just kind of have go from one to the next to the next to the next to the next and end up end of the day. You have like 30 monkeys that are now on your head because, you know, you're giving these like, you know, one minute management <laughs> you know directions a, a million times. And sure. so that's. So you're saying there's, there, right? So you're recognizing there is a natural tendency to want to do that. Absolutely, and I, and what I work on, so, with a with a real focus, is to become the most impractical person I could possibly be. Because practical means when somebody comes with your, to you with a problem and you know the answer, why don't you just tell them? Right. And the reason why I don't is because I recognize that in my organization, the most powerful thing that I could do for people is help them help themselves. And so, really, it's now to ask them a series of questions mm -hmm. and have so asking questions very long, impractical conversation right. for the betterment of that person. To help them come up with the answer. Right. I I have to on put, their own. I have to set my feelings and emotions aside, and if I'm really empathetic and I really really care and I'm really interested in the development of that person, then the solution that I have does not matter, even though my solution could potentially be better. Their solution is 10 times more valuable. You know why? Because it's literally that old story. You can teach, you, you could feed the, feed the guy fish, but if you right. teach, give a him a call and teach a guy the fish, he'll, he'll, he'll eat forever. Right. You know? And that's what it is, is that you're unlocking human potential. And that's my interest. My interest is to help unlock human potential. Do you have a story for that how, how, about, how you, about how you did that through asking questions or whatever, how you were able to let go of something that you used to do to be able to let go a little bit more using those tools? I do it almost every day. I'm literally, people come to me with, quest, you know, with questions and challenges all the time. And, and I literally stop myself. I have to take a deep breath and say, okay, here we go again. I'm going to about to take the deep dive and this is going to take 35 to 45 minutes of mm -hmm. my time. But the fruit of that labor is so valuable. But then you have these 30 or 40 leadership or mid-level leadership people that are now getting in a habit. Okay, whenever I go to Dove, he always goes through this one exercise with me. So let me just think about that. And, you know, and then at some point they either stop coming or they realize, hey, I'm going to do that. You know, they're just checking with you and, and then you're able to let go of the vine more and more. 
you create a culture, you create a habit of like, oh, this is what we always do. So let me just do that on my own because that's what we always do and figure it out. Absolutely. So a great story that comes to mind is um, we we brought in a new experience into camp last summer. Um, we brought in um, this massive 120 foot by 120 foot water park. And so typically a water park like this is, um, you know, a camp or, or a company, because this is not something an individual would buy. Right. Uh, what you hire a professional crew and they come in and they install it. So um, we did not do that. Okay. I left it in the hands of the director of the program that would be executing that activity during the summertime. It's like the water sports director or something like that? That's correct. Okay. So, so Samantha Tucker is her name. And I really left it in her hands. And she said, well, how am I going to do this? And I said, that's a very good question. How are you going to do this? She was expecting me to start telling her, right. oh, we'll just hire this company. We'll get these. So, so, and the most, and I was, by the way, and <laughs> I don't know if she's going to hear this, but the truth is, uh, is that, you know, had well, she hopefully said, you're going to share it. Well, you're going to share it with all your people. And <laughs> <laughs> well, so what happened, like if she said to me, well, Mr. Percal, because that's what she calls me. Um, she's if, if she would have said to me, well, you know, why don't we, you know, why don't I do some research and hire a company? And I would have said, OK, that's a great solution. Mm -hmm. I, I would have listened to her solution. But rather, and that's what you thought. I mean, that's, that's what you assumed would be done. Well, first, I, I thought she was going to say, well, I you know, we're looking for me to come up with the solution, which is, oh, I, don't worry, we'll just call a company to come in and do it. Well, I didn't do that. I, I said, OK, well, what's the challenge for you here? Well, how, so that was the first question. What is the real challenge for you here? And she said, well, how are we going to get it in the water and all set up in time? And And through a series of questions, what ended up coming out is that she wanted to come up with her own staff pre-camp mm -hmm. and set it up themselves. And these are staff that would be there throughout the summer or like it's just for this. Oh, well, actually funny. You should say that one person was not even there for the summer, but want, you know, wanted to come up for the experience. Uh -huh. And then, and four, I think it was four or five, 17 year old girls mm -hmm. and, and Samantha Tucker who runs our, the, our lakefront. She, said to me no the way i want the way i want to do this is i want to bring up my staff ahead of time um she didn't even pay them any extra money you know what she asked me for what? she said to me you know can i take him out for dinner each night i said absolutely <laughs> pretty much i was going to say yes to just about anything she said right meaning you might you might have paid a company thousands of dollars to do it and in the end you just had to pay for dinner for a few days and <laughs> and ben you know what was more exciting than anything else right what? The gift that we gave to those that we gave to those kids was priceless. My feeling of accomplishment. Absolutely. I built this two hundred and twenty foot giant creation that that hundreds and hundreds of girls are going to use throughout the summer, and I built that. Thousands of girls. Thousands of girls. Sorry. Thousands of girls. <laughs> Sorry. Ben, and I want you to know it went so far that they made T-shirts, and I have pictures of it, and I'll show it to you. That says we built this, and it has a picture of this aqua park. Right. And when when I tell companies, you know, send me well, send, send me pictures. Well, we we could put it in the description of the podcast episode afterwards. You send me the pictures. Well, we could post it. So this is this is the dream. The dream is they they worked harder than they've ever worked before in their lives. They didn't get paid a single cent extra, 
And what we all realize, it's not about the money. It's about the accomplishment. It's about these girls feel like they can do anything now. Right. They can go and get anything that they wanted to, but they were never given the opportunity to build and create mm -hmm. and do it on their own and grow. And if you had just said, call Bob's installation company, then none of that would have happened. And you you know just what? gave her the answer. It would have been sad. That, that opportunity would have been lost. It is, I right. want you to know, Ben, it is my absolute dream. My dream is to have all our staff come up a week before camp and literally be involved in the setup. Give them, why? Because that doing, that involvement, gives them such ownership. People don't realize it. They need that extra push. And they need leaders to show them that mm -hmm. doing is the greatest pleasure in the world. Mm -hmm. Giving is the greatest pleasure in the world. The thing that you started oh, give first, yeah. is give first. If you give, you will get everything you're looking for in life. But it all starts with giving. It's the way you opened up your podcast, Ben. Mm -hmm. And that really <laughs> got, me in the, got me in the zone. As soon as I heard you say that, I said, Ben gets it. <laughs> he gets it. He's on. Giving is getting. If you want to get, you give. If, you, if, you, if you're not feeling love in your life, give somebody else a hug. Mm -hmm. If you want to be happy, make somebody else happy. If you want, that's the magic. And the magic of leadership is if you want maximum output from your staff, if you want maximum output from your employees, then you better be giving maximum input. And maximum input means that you love and you care about every single individual in your organization. And you cannot fake it till you make it. It's something right. that every leader and every CEO needs to think about. Do I really love my staff? Do I really care about them? And if you really do love them, and if you really do care about them, they'll know it. Right. They will know it. People, what do they say? People don't, uh, people don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. <laughs> that's, that's what the staff... There's, I, I, I feel we're already, we're already 45 minutes in. I, I want to uh, approximately, so I want to, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get lost on, I, you know, we, we talked about some of the strengths finder stuff. So, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go past that. I want to just talk about one other thing that you, you know, that you use some of this leverage of developing other people and growing and in the, in the world of EOS, you know, that I was talking about in the introduction, uh, you know, they call it delegate and elevate. It's, you know, not using delegate in a, in a negative way of just, Hey, you do this for me, but having elevating somebody to, uh, to have a higher position of, of, of accomplishment, of authority, of, uh, of, uh, of ability. And, uh, you know, and so one of the other things you're doing in your time, we didn't want really to touch on this much yet, but is this organization with that risk use that you're working with locally? Tell me how you got involved in that. You know, again, that's, you know, so how did you get involved in that? What is that about? Sure. So I, um, it happens to be, what do you do? Like, what are you doing with them? So what I do now is I, I run workshops for them on a retreat that they have once a year. These are with the kids or with staff? Or who is that with? It's everybody. Okay. The, the workshops are for everybody. So there are at-risk youth there. And what does at-risk mean? Like, what, what does that mean so, in this context? So, what, 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 okay, what, this, how this, old? What are they doing or not doing or whatever? Like, what, what's going on this, with these in kids? In this context, they, they range anywhere in age from 18 to 40s. Okay. It could be anybody, and a lot of them are in some sort of recovery programs. Okay. And I think what was so, and I, what we do is we so I, drugs, I alcohol, some sort of behavioral addiction, something, one of those Correct. type of things. And they are all in some sort of program. Like in order to be on this program, to come on this program, you have to be in some sort of recovery program. 
so uniquely um, the I guess this paradigm shift that we brought into this organization was you know every year they would have lecturers that would come up and there are typical families and there are also families some families there that are um, that are, that have people in recovery in their families and typical families and then there's singles um, and couples sometimes with families who have someone in their family um, in some sort of type of recovery program so typically every year they would have lectures and lectures are great um, and they're inspirational but not many people are able to go to a lecturer or to a speaker and take some sort of action what we discovered is through running these workshops when who's I we we so i do this with um uh with a friend of mine we both are gallup certified strengths coach his name is ben rapaport okay so ben and i have developed through the schools and training and also years and years of doing um, strengths coaching is develop these workshops that we conduct um, for large groups and we find that these organic workshop groups are, are the most powerful types of coaching sessions we can have because the, the total focus it, the platform is the audience and not us and we're there purely as facilitators mm -hmm. and what we did was we we uh, we started these um, we strategically set up a room and we put the dessert, it was actually not by us, it was done intentionally by the program. They said, okay, we're going to put the dessert there so that people would actually walk into the room. We'd get the largest amount of people. <laughs> they come in for the cake and, they, and, the they, come cake, for, right? and they come out with a workshop. Come out with a workshop. It worked. They told us to expect about 50 people at a, at a, at, at a lecture or a workshop. Um, we had consistently for three days over 150 attendees. Wow. We prepared for 100, and we just worked it. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. That was miraculous. Um, and it was incredible. It was transformational. It was one of the most exciting experiences of so my bring life. So bring that down to earth. Tell me a story sure. or something sure. from, from somebody at one of these workshops. No doubt. So what, I can, so what happened was is that a workshop means is that you're actually working. We, you roll up your sleeves, you're articulating, you're communicating. We create this environment where people feel safe and comfortable to talk about what's right about them. You see, a recovering addict is used to going to a therapist or going to some right. recovery program, and what are they talking about? Well, like in about? 12 Steps, you're talking about deficiencies. Deficiencies. We're going to get character defects. What are my defects? Correct. So now you're talking about a, a, a group of people that were connected by their deficiency or what was wrong with them mm -hmm. for the first time in your life you're uniting all types of people from all the you had typical kids you had kids in, in recovery you had everybody all different types of people collectively in a room who are all being united by what's right with them and not what was wrong with them and for the first time ever people were looking at things that they thought were their weakness and realized oh my god that's that's my strength, and it's the and what what's I thought. A, what I thought what's was an my example weakness. of that, right? What, what are you? Yeah. So there was there was one there was one young lady I remember who was talking about that her strength was communication, and you know and 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 perhaps intimidating. But what we in, what, what we unearthed. What do you mean intimidating? So in other words, she 
the, like she came she felt like she came across too strong a, to she's people she's a very strong communicator okay but what came out in that environment was that it was that strength of that communication that helped her survive in a very toxic environment growing up and she was able to get her what 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 nurtured in her life during a very toxic youth you know environment growing up it was command which helped her escape and helped her overcome that challenge and what people meaning what to like to articulate her needs and get help or get whatever correct. it was she whatever, needed whatever that was she whatever was she needed whilst while struggle she was a very strong communicator and realized oh my god this is my strength and perhaps it's misguided right now so let me get it back on track because something that you learn about strengths is that strengths have barriers to them if they could be your greatest strength they could also be your greatest weakness like myself i'm an achiever so as an achiever i i can often put blinders on 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 the side of my head left and right and all i see is the goal i'm i'm just looking to succeed so i have to be careful to pay attention to what's going on in in life because you can overstep your bounds you can you can there can be collateral damage while you're succeeding mm -hmm. at at your goal and you have to be you have to stay aware so that level of self-awareness has helped me make sure not to find myself succeeding at the goal and, and destroying things you know around me while mm -hmm. doing that which is something that you have to be very careful with any strength any some something that's really a powerful beacon in your life could also be something that brings you down so that's something that we bring people's attention to so nevertheless in this environment for the first time you had 150 people of all different types of people sitting together in a room talking about what's right with them and feeling good about themselves and it's actionable it was organic it was them it was not us standing up and lecturing people and telling them what to do mm -hmm. but they were involved in the act of doing and that was my point before to you ben is that the greatest gift that you can give to somebody is show them their ability to do they right. can they can you just have to believe in them you have to have tools and resources to provide them with and then step away let go to let grow and that's what happened in that environment we let go we let we platform the people they got up and spoke we created this environment of positivity and it's you know as a facilitator our role and responsibility is making sure that everybody feels safe and comfortable in that environment validated and the byproduct of that is once again greatness so let's say somebody wants to learn more about strengths finder or 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 that kind of thing they want to benefit from that kind of stuff that you're talking about what where could they look what what's like a resource they could go to look look up more about that or find resources sure so gallup has an incredible website um if you just google strength finders yeah. um again 20 million people have taken this assessment um there's some great authors out there uh, marcus buckingham is is um is an outspoken individual in this uh -huh. world of self help and in leadership uh in the in this area um and i think gallup is a great ha they have uh youtube videos um it's called uh coaching tuesdays i believe okay and that goes through all your strengths and yeah it's uh it's an invaluable tool in self awareness and through this self awareness of yourself then you could begin to understand awareness of others okay that's awesome
you know, I'm sure, you know, look, I know we could go for hours. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about in the same things or in, in, uh, in other things. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get together again in this, in this environment and be able to, you know, give more value to people out there in the, in the entrepreneurial community to give first to do that again. Um, in the meantime, uh, again, people can learn more about uh, the camps that you, the camps that you run at shamacamps.org, S-H-M-A-C-Camps.org. Um, and, uh, you know, out there again, it will just hopefully help get this, uh, get this entrepreneurial community out there, give first to, to people. If you can, uh, if you like what we're sharing here to give a five, leave a five-star review on your, uh, you know, on your Apple podcast or whatever the environment is that you're listening on, uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, whatever it is. And, um, and, uh, you can leave a, a comment like that and please share, subscribe. And uh, yeah, and that's uh, good. Hopefully, we'll get together again. So thank you for coming out, Dove, and uh, and and talking and sharing today. It was my pleasure, Ben. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it, and uh, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to everybody later. Bye. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host Ben Wolf.